Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Prayer and preparation has gone into this day. Today is what we would call, many call Pentecost Sunday. The significance of this day is because of who we are. This day, this celebration, dates back to the day of Pentecost about 2,000 years ago in the book of Acts. And our legal name with the state, federal government, in the middle of it, it says True Vine Pentecostal Church. That's who we are. When you say Pentecostal, it's synonymous to spirit-filled. Spirit-filled simply means we believe in the Spirit of God that lives within us. We believe it's available for us today, and we believe it's necessary. It's the Spirit. Some would call the Holy Spirit. King James Version calls it the Holy Ghost. And so I am excited to stand before you on this Pentecost Sunday to preach to you the prophetic and profound Word of God from the book of Acts. My suggestion, my advice, my admonition to you, if you've not spake with new tongues as the Spirit gives utterance, that you would lean intently into the message this morning. If you've heard about it, if you've not heard about it, but you have to ask yourself, have I ever spoke with new tongues? And if the answer is I'm not sure or no, I want you to pay very close attention because I'm going to help you. I'm going to bring a revelation. And then God's going to do the supernatural. He's going to fill people with the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not spooky. It's not unbiblical. It did not go out with the apostles. It's not extinct. It's not a conversation that we extract from the Bible, but rather there's a whole book that talks about it. So if it's in the Word of God, I think it's relevant and important. So I am a Pentecostal pastor. I'm preaching a subject matter that I'm very comfortable with. I'm preaching in an area that I'm well-versed. It's the Spirit of God feeling and living inside of people. How does that happen? I'm going to talk to you about that. I'm going to pray for us. This message is for everyone. Maybe you've received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but you need a refilling, a refresher. The more God fills me with the Spirit, the more holy and God-like I am. And if you've ever spoke with new tongues and it's been a while or you don't even know when the last time was, you need to lean in intently also. We don't believe once saved, always saved. There's a continual learning and growing. And I'm going to say in the context of my message, a continual filling. So yes, prayer and preparation has come to this moment. I know most of you are standing in honor of the word of the Lord. Thank you for that. I'll take your attention now to the book of Acts. King James Version I'm reading from this morning. God bless you all for being here. A wonderful group of people I'm looking at and those that I can't even see online that can see us. Often our online congregation outnumbers the ones in person. So when you put the two together, we've got a lot of wonderful people leaning into the voice of God today. And I'm asking God to help me to be a good steward of the news. Praise God. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, they were all there, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly... De repente. Woo. That's for the next service. The proximo culto, después este culto. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. 
and it filled all the house. Somebody shout all the house. Maybe I should have you sitting because it says here where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit. I want you to notice the King James Version. I know my font is different. The Spirit is a capital S, and Whenever the Spirit is capitalized in the Scripture, it's referring to the deity of God. There's other spirits. I have a spirit. You have a spirit. There's evil spirits. But the Spirit of God is always capitalized. My font does not reflect that, but it says, as the Spirit. In other words, as God gave them utterance. I'm going to preach to you. I want to, maybe I'm going to teach to you this subject matter. Your happy is here. You're happy is here. Heavenly Father, I come humbly again on this monumental day. As a Pentecostal church and a Pentecostal pastor preaches the Pentecostal message, that I would rebuff and rebuke distractions in our minds and in our flesh, that all the devils of hell would be held off this property, and that only the Spirit of God and His angelic beings and workers would reside in our midst. I pray, God, that there are angels in the atmosphere that we cannot see in the natural, but in the spirit I do see and I do feel. An anointing of angelic beings here that your spirit is being waiting to be poured out upon all flesh, hungry hearts, empty hearts, half-filled hearts. And I pray today, God, that is that a reenactment in the Spirit as the day of Pentecost would have taken place, that we were not there, but Lord, you brought it forward 2,000 years in Old Town Temecula, and the Spirit of God falls upon me, and it falls upon the people, and it falls upon empty hearts today. Let this touch heaven. Let this touch earth. I pray this in Jesus' name. If you agree, would you shout amen? Amen, amen. God bless you for standing. You can be seated this morning. Your happy is here. That's a unique title for a Pentecost Sunday. But it's an intentional title. I want to show you what I have in my hand here. This represents a mantle. A mantle as in the prophet. It's a garment. It's a cloak. However, more than that, this mantle represents the calling, the change, the charge, rather, the ministry, and the anointing of God. It represents, in the context of my message, the spirit and the power of God as well. Before Moses ascended Mount Nebo, at the finish of Moses' ministry, he laid his hands on his disciple Joshua And the Bible says that God's spirit fell upon him along with the mantle. What was it doing? It was the authority of Moses. Joshua was Moses' replacement. Moses was called of God. Moses was gifted of God. But Joshua was going to be anointed, but not only anointed, he was going to have the mantle of his mentor, the mantle of the man of God, to lead the children of Israel into the promised land through all the distractions, the obstacles. He needed an anointing. Some might say he needed the spirit of Moses. So Moses gives him the anointing. When Elijah ascended to God at the end of his ministry, the Bible says that he dropped his mantle on the ground. His disciple, his student, his follower, Elisha, picked up the mantle, the Bible says, and the Spirit of God came upon him as it was the man of God. The prophet left a mantle. The prophet left his calling. The prophet left his spirit. 
And his disciple next in line picked it up and greater was the mantle or the spirit of God on Elisha than that was on Elijah because God honored the process of the passing of the spirit or the mantle. How do I know that? Because Elijah did seven miracles. Elisha double did 14. That's biblical context. That's historical data. So the point is when he picks up the mantle, what is he doing? It's the call of God on his life, but he's also embracing the call of God that's on Elisha's life that ascended to the heavenlies. Are you with me? In each case, the man of God is about to finish his earthly ministry, Moses and Elijah. In each case, he ascends to God. They ascend to God. In each case, the ascension and the completion of the ministry are linked to the passing of what? The mantle. The spirit of the prophet. The spirit of the man of God. In this case, they are passing something physical, tangible. But more than that, there was something that was coming from the heavenlies that was not quite understood by humanity. I can pass you the mantle. I can anoint you that pray, God, give you my anointing and my spirit. But there are some things that only God can do that man can't do. I don't care how smart we get. I don't care how intellectual we get. I don't care how much we study. And the Bible says that knowledge is expanding at warp speed. You can never have the knowledge and the power that God has. Some things only come from God. Some things only change because it's called the supernatural, which is the spirit and the anointing of God. Come on, somebody say amen to that. So, yes, you can be a good person, and you need to be. Back in the day when I was raised, if you weren't a good person, right here, baby, this would fix it. This will cover a multitude of sins right now. Anybody want to test me out? Who? Any volunteers in the audience? This is how popped settled the score. I don't know what that has to do with a mantle, but... If any of you need the mantle from my pop, I'll give you my belt if your kids aren't lining up. But some things only come from God. And we talked about in the early church that the Spirit of God fell upon people. And they began to speak with new tongues. Now in the new birth experience in John chapter 3 verse 5, Nicodemus said, what do I got to do to be saved? He said, you got to repent. You got to do all these things. Born of the water, you got to be born of the spirit. You see, here's what I know. I repent. That's something I do. That's you do. That's human. I'm baptized. My sins are washed away. That's a human action. That's not a God thing. That's just simply obedience. I believe and I have faith that if I repent and then you baptize me in the powerful name of Jesus, part of the anointing, that my sins are washed away. Why? Because this said it is, and this said it is so. So these are things that I do. That's not supernatural because that is natural. But what is the supernatural, the miracle, when the anointing of the cloak comes down upon people, he fills people with the Spirit, and he begins to speak with new tongues through you with your voice and your tongue. And you speak out, and really it's God speaking out. Sounding a little complicated right now to myself. But I'm just telling you, I get baptized because I obey. Okay? God doesn't baptize you. I repent because, God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry. I didn't know all about this. I didn't have the privilege. I came to my senses. I got a revelation. God, forgive me of everything I've done in my past. I want to be a new creature. I want to be a Christian. What are you doing? I'm repenting. Nobody can repent for you. You repent for yourself. Repentance is turning away from my wicked ways. And then when God fills you with the spirit, the mantle, Brother Tony, the anointing, this here is the supernatural. 
I'm using a blanket as an illustration. But when God filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost at eight years old in a little bitty Pentecostal church in Vista, California, that was a God thing. My parents were in the pews. In fact, my mom said, you go up and get the Holy Ghost. And I said, I don't want the Holy Ghost. I'm tired. (laughs) It was a school night. It was Tuesday night. And she made me go get the Holy Ghost. So I went up, listen to me, reluctantly. I'm eight years old. Come on, give me a break. I'm a pastor now, so it all worked out, eh? I'm thinking it worked out. But a mother. So I'm an eight-year-old. I don't know much. And as I got to the front, I dismissed everything in the back. And the evangelist said, do you need to repent? And I repented in my eight-year-old mind. Why? Because I wanted the mantle of the Spirit of God to fall upon me. I wanted God to flow through me so I can be in compliance with Acts chapter 2. And so eight years old, you don't know much at eight years old, but this is what you know at eight, year, eight years old. You listen to the man of God. Mm, I could pause and preach right there for a minute. And what he told me, I believed and I did. It's not magic. It's not hocus pocus. It's not spooky because God's not spooky. Miracles aren't spooky. The devil does have his imitations with anything. Moses went up against the imitations to lead his people out. And Moses' staff thrown on the ground. When God's involved, it may look normal, but when something encroaches on it and they threw theirs on the ground, they turned into snakes. Moses' staff snake ate them all up. What is that? That's the anointing. And so I'm preaching to you on this Pentecost Sunday about the mantle, about the anointing. And at the end of his earthly ministry, Jesus, he was crucified. Three days later, we celebrate Easter as a celebration after what happened. And watch this. As with Moses and Elijah, Elijah, he also, Brother Foster, ascends into heaven. In each case, the ascension and the completion of the ministry are linked to the passing of the mantle. What happened at the end of Jesus' earthly ministry? As with Moses, he ascends to the mountain. As, As with Elijah, he ascends to the heaven. As with both of them, the disciples are present. Joshua, present. I received the spirit and the anointing and the mantle of Moses. Elisha, present. I received the anointing and the spirit of Elijah. Now fast forward, Acts chapter 2 is the day of Pentecost. I have been privileged to visit the upper room in Jerusalem where the spirit of God fell upon people. And he says in John chapter 14, this is during the Gospels. The Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's Jesus' earthly ministry. Jesus is there. But he tells them in in, uh, John 14, he says, I'll not leave you comfortless, but I'll send the Spirit. What is he saying? I'll bring you and send you a mantle. My Spirit. His Spirit is more powerful than than the anointing and spirit of Moses, Elijah, because the Bible says that in that day, on the day of Pentecost, that it fell on 120 people that were in the upper room. Why were they there? Because he told them, go until you be endued or empowered by the spirit of God. And we read in our scripture text that cloven tongues like as a fire. So maybe there was an account there and someone said, you know what? I don't know what I saw. All I know, it looked like fire was on their heads, like as a fire. And the Bible says they begin to speak with new tongues as the spirit, the spirit, the mantle of Jesus is being fallen back on his disciples. And somewhere in his ascension 
And somewhere in the day of Pentecost, his spirit is getting ready to fill people. Can I just interrupt myself for a minute on a Pentecostal Sunday and tell you, in the day that we live, my friend, we've got a much better deal with the spirit. In the Old Testament, the spirit did not dwell inside them because God hadn't, Jesus hadn't shown up. He hadn't been crucified. So they relied on the voice of God. But you and I now have the privilege of being born in the generation and the era that I don't only rely on the voice of God, I rely on the Spirit of God. So my ear and my heart are connected. We've got double power than what they had in the Old Testament. And if you are wowed by Old Testament miracles, my friend, I'm telling you, as an apostolic believer, God now dwells inside of you. And he said, these things shall I do, uh, John, but there's coming one that is greater than I. And the Bible says that you shall have power because the the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost is in you and dwelling upon you. That's what I'm preaching about this morning. Pentecost Sunday, the power of the mantle or the Spirit of God. Every element between Moses and Jesus, the disciples were there and every one of them had the same pattern. But the question remains, where's the mantle of the Messiah? Whom did it fall upon? The mantle of the Messiah is too big to fall on any one person, unlike my previous examples. It can never fall on one disciple, one person. It can only fall on all. When the mantle of Moses and Elisha fell, the Spirit of God came upon their disciples, their students. So what happened after Jesus ascended into the heavens? The Spirit of God fell upon his disciples. It's called the day of Pentecost. Here is where our opening text comes into play again. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire. And it sat upon each of them and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. The validation, the certification, the confirmation that you receive the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost is when you speak with new tongues. So if you say, I have the Holy Ghost, I have the Holy Spirit, and I ask you, have you spoke with new tongues or have you, has the Spirit spoke through you? And you say no, well then biblically you haven't received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, you can say, hey, I feel God. I have intuitions. I I get that. That's the Spirit of God. That would be the Old Testament relationship. God moves externally. Spiritual intuitions, spiritual gut reaction, a spiritual vibe, faith in the voice of God. But now... In the 21st century, the day of Pentecost allows us to have God inside of us. That's a filling, an internal relationship with God. So not only do I hear and I sense out here, my heart and my spirit and my conscience partner with God, and it enables me to live a godly life in an ungodly world. But it's notwithstanding that the Spirit of God must fill me. So if I've not spoke with new tongues, Biblically, I've not received the gift of the Holy Ghost. True statement. That would be like telling me, hey, I went swimming and I jumped in the pool. Did you get wet? No, I didn't get wet when I went swimming. Then you didn't go swimming. Hello, somebody. I'm trying to break it down a little bit. (laughs) Because whenever you swim, you're in water, you're going to get wet. Whenever you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, you're going to speak with new tongues. And then that's a confirmation to the believer and the unbeliever in your ear that, hey, I just received the Spirit of God. That's a supernatural thing. I can't make that up. Now, let me help somebody this morning because my assignment this morning is to help fill as many empty vessels as possible with the mantle of the Holy Spirit. 
So the mantle of the Messiah. To whom is it given? It's given to the disciples. It's given to them all. In other words, it's given to all of us. When it says speak with new tongues, let me help you here. That is God's flowing through me with the spirit of tongues. It's not a language I know. Because then it's going to be man-made. If it's a supernatural miracle, it has to be something outside the realm of humanity, Brother Foster. See, God healed my broken ankle. I never went to the doctor. Miracle. God helped me on my ankle after I went to the doctor and I had therapy. I feel much better. Man-made. Both good things. Well, thank God you had a cast. Thank God the doctor helped you. Thank God he reset it. But when you take man out of it, it becomes supernatural. That's where God lives and dwells and resides, in the supernatural. Again, back to my languages, okay? If you know a language and you're praising God, that's not supernatural. Now that I'm studying Spanish, when people speak multiple languages, I'm like, oh, I'll worship you. I'm like, I'm like attracted to their vocab. Wow. Man, someday I'm going to do that. When my wife and I toured, you guys blessed us, and we went to Europe a couple of Decembers ago before COVID. We were on the boat going past the Eiffel Tower in Notre Dame. I think it's the Nice River. Or I mean, I may be wrong on the name. Anyway, we're in Italy. Paris. Not Paris up the road. Paris, France. All of you guys that live in Paris, I'm like, hey, you know, I used to live in Paris. Oh, Paris, France? Can't answer that question. So we're on the river, you know, it's all romantic and all this stuff, and my wife wants to hold my hand, and I'm like, ah, really? Man, TMZ might be around and get a picture of me flirting with you. I don't know what they, I don't know. The, but the, the guy is speaking to us in English. And then he speaks to somebody in French. And then I hear him on the microphone. That kind of sounds like Italian. I said, hey. So he's, he's just cruising around. I say, excuse me. Uh, and this is, I'm, I'm learning Spanish. So I'm like enamored by people that can speak other languages. Like I'm like, man, could I live with you? <laughs> Babe, sorry, he only said one of us. <laughs> I said, excuse me, sir, how many lang- languages do you speak? He said seven. <laughs> I said, are you serious? He goes, yeah, I have to for my job. I need a job like that. I'm trying to do one for my job, too. I said, I said, be serious. He goes, yeah, seven. And he told me all seven. I mean, English, Spanish, Italian. It was French. It was Portuguese. And I, I just, I'm like, wow. When I grow up, I want to be like you. <laughs> Stars in my eyes, right? But here's what I'm telling you. When you receive the baptism, if, if that man received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it wouldn't be one of his seven languages because that's in his head. He knows that. God's saying, I'm going to do something you can't do. So when I fill you with my spirit, it's a heavenly language. And when you receive it, it's going to be your voice because I'm a human being. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, it's a language that you don't know. Again, if you know it, it's not the supernatural. It's man-made. Man-made things aren't all bad. It's not a derogatory comment. My point is, that's not God. So if you speak Spanish and you come up here and worship God in Spanish, no, you didn't get the Holy Spirit. Now, if you come up here and you praise God in Spanish, and then God begins to take control, and your tongue begins to quiver in your lips, and you begin to try to speak Spanish, and something else comes out that you have no idea what you're saying, then you receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That's the supernatural, what God is speaking through you. 
So I just want to be clear. When we come to receive the Spirit, again, it's not spooky. The Bible said it's for everyone. Now watch this, okay? I read Acts 1, Acts 2, excuse me, 1 through 4. I'm skipping down to verse 38. Okay, back up. Verse, I'm, I'm talking about the mantle, so hang with me. Verse 37, they asked Peter, men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? Okay, there's a question I didn't put on the board in verse 37. I pick up with the answer. Then Peter said unto them, repent. Okay, that's you. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That's you. Okay, those are things I do. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When I do these things, then God's going to honor my quest for his spirit to fall through me. Now, you may think, well, I haven't been baptized. Can I receive the Holy Ghost? Actually, I've seen those two are interchangeable. Okay? You cannot get the Holy Spirit without repenting. That is not interchangeable. But if you come up here in a moment, I'm going to guide you. I'm going to help you. I want to lead you into the Holy of Holies where God will fill you with his presence. And when he fills you with his spirit, rather, then we can baptize you in the name of Jesus. So don't get hung up. I haven't been baptized. And you write off this opportunity. Don't, don't short sell yourself. Okay, that's what the enemy say. Hey, well, just stay put. You didn't get baptized. I mean, if he's so right about a scripture, look at the order they're in. Okay, yeah, now you're getting in your own head. Be careful. Okay, verse 39 starts right here. I took out the number, but it starts right here, okay? He, Repent, be baptized, I'll fill you with my spirit. Got it. Verse 39 says, watch this, for the promise is unto you, read. Thank God my kids can get it. Thank God my grandkids can get it and need it. Thank you, Jesus, for putting that in the Bible. Come on, somebody. Come on. Read. So the point is here that it fell. Stay with me. I'm almost done. It falls on the day of Pentecost. Okay. 2,000 years ago. Hey, I wasn't there. I visited the upper room, but Brother Foster, I wasn't there when he came back. They killed him. He ascended. Three days later, he rises again. 50 days later, his spirit comes upon people. They begin to speak with new tongues. All historical data, all true in the Bible. I'm fast forward to this. Now, this is poured out. Hey, I'm 2,000 years past this deal. Thank God for this. For the promise is unto you. Someone shout me. Me. And not only me, read. In other words, to the next generation. Okay, what about the next generation? No, it don't start there. Read and. Read. What am I saying? I'm simply saying the anointing or the mantle never expires or is it extinct. It's always relevant. If God doesn't come for a thousand years, people are going to still be preaching. You can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost because the promise is unto us. Someone shout the promise. You see, here's the thing. The last Messiah that ascended, we call him Jesus. All were given the part of his mantle available. You say, well, day of Pentecost, crucifixion, 2,000 years. I can't get it. I can't go back. No, 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 no. For the promise is unto you. So it's not a chronological be there location. It's a continual promise that does not expire. And his mantle and from his mantle comes the power. The Bible says in Acts 1, 8, and I'm closing. I want you to listen to this. But ye shall receive power. After the mantle, Bible actually says Holy Ghost, has come upon you. 
When God lives inside of you, it's the power to live godly in an ungodly world. It's the power to live righteous in an unrighteous world. It's the power to have light in a dark world that you shall receive power to walk upright and after the spirit and not after the flesh after you receive the Holy Ghost. That's what the word says. But if I go back to this, then Peter said unto them, repent. I'm going to be baptized. How? In the name of Jesus. Because we understand as Pentecostal apostolics that there's power in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, I won't get into all that, but in the, in the coming of the epistles in the back, that the devils tremble at the sound of the name. Somebody shout Jesus. Come on, I want to make some devils tremble right now. Shout Jesus. One more time. Jesus. I don't want any devil on this property right now. This is a spiritual impartation. And this is serious business. The writer said they tremble at the sound. So please know, my friend, visitor, member, when you shout the name of Jesus, demons tremble. And I just conclude they flee. Why? Because they're afraid. Wouldn't be uncommon to be with a Pentecostal and something startle them and they say, Jesus. They realize it's not a demon. They realize it's their spouse. Well, you scared me. Don't ever do that again. I'm sorry I used the name of Jesus for you, but I thought, I'm telling you, there's power. So when we go down in baptism in the name of Jesus, it washes all the sins away. How does it do that? Because it's the powerful name of Jesus. So now the God thing is the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the mantle. How many among us, you don't have to say, but you want, you desire the Holy Spirit? I think all of us would say yes. But I'm going to pray for us in a minute. I've already, I've met with my pastoral staff. They're going to partner with you. They're going to help you. You're going to have a personal minister to help pray with you that you would speak with new tongues. Again, understand, not a learned language. If I know it, it's not a God thing. And when you come and you pray, as I did when I was eight years old, I just obeyed the preacher. You see, when you're eight years old, you don't really have a lot of understanding, so you trust. The problem is when we get older, we have trust issues. And we wonder if the man of God said this, will it really happen? So when I'm preaching to adults, it's a little more challenging. I think I could preach to the kids a little easier because whatever pastor says is the real deal. They don't need chapter and verse. They just believe me. They don't need to go back through the recesses of their mind and wonder, oh, how many times do I have to repent? You just have to repent once. The Bible says, except you become like as a child, you shall no wise enter into the kingdom. What are they saying? Hey, you got to have faith. I see the scripture, I read it, I process it with my natural mind. I don't understand how this promise gets to you, but if I do this, okay, I'm gonna try this. I, 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 I trust God. That's faith. Well, I don't know the Bible, I have it all figured out. No, 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 no. Then Peter said unto them, did they have it all figured out? No, because they were asking him, what must I do to be saved? So they, they're adults, they didn't have it figured out. After the day of Pentecost fell, there was 120 people that were waiting. Then shortly after that, the Bible says there was 3,000 that received the infilling de Espiritu Santo, the Spirit of God. 3,000. How could word get around to them what happened? No, they just showed, hey, what's going on? Hey, God's pouring out a spirit. You just need to repent. And that, yeah, okay, Lord, I repent. They were eager to have God inside them to help them live and complete the new birth experience. 
So what I'm saying to you is, it's not spooky, it's not scary. Say, I don't know about this. Hey, here, good, you're glad you're here. You're in a Pentecostal church. I know about this. In the secular world, you would say I'm a professional in my trade. I'm a Pentecostal pastor on Pentecost Sunday preaching a Pentecostal message. So you're in good hands. You're at the right place. I want you to watch this video that I'm going to appeal for an altar call. But think about your life. Think about yourself. This is someone from our church. Watch this. I did not grow up in denominations that spoke in tongues or even talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit much. Um, Over the past few years, I just began to desire that spiritual baptism, but I still thought, like, I'm okay. I accepted Jesus as my Savior. uh, I had a water baptism years ago, and I have a close relationship with God, so, like, I'm good. However, my husband and I really desired to be at a Holy Ghost-filled church. So when we started attending True Vine, that's when I really started to see the importance of baptism in the Holy Ghost. However, the idea of speaking in tongues was still very foreign to me, and I think that's what continued to block me. The day that I received the Holy Ghost, Sister Amber started praying for me, and I just like knew in an instant that this is it. This is what God wants for me today. So I surrendered. The best way for me to describe it is it felt like birth. As a mom of four kids, I know all too well the process of delivering a baby. (laughs) That's the best way to describe this experience. It was like a building up and a building up, and then suddenly I was speaking in tongues. And that was the release, you know, the birth. I had been reborn. Of course, I've been a born-again Christian for 20 years, but this was like my true rebirth. So incredibly light so peaceful, so joyful. I've been struggling with a few things for the past six or seven years, and it was like in an instant, God just released me from them. I held on to that peace and calm for, you know, a few days. And during that time, my desire to pray just grew exponentially. And in my prayers, God spoke to my heart saying, I remove the oppression from you because I cannot dwell in darkness. He filled me with his spirit, his light, but he also removed the darkness. And now, yes, you know, things, things have returned to normal. And those areas of my life that I struggle with are still trying to creep back in. The devil does not want to let me go, but I now see the words of the enemy easier and faster. Um, you know, his works and the things that he's trying to do, I just see it a lot faster. And I sense when the Holy Spirit is speaking more. My prayer life is so much deeper than it has been in years. And then even when I mess up, I feel him showing me my failures with grace, of course. And I can't ever go back to the way that I was before. shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and ye shall receive the mantle of the Spirit of God Lindsay would you join me up here I want them to see you you're a real live person that recorded your testimony come up here with me this is Lindsay that's who you just saw And she received the infilling of the Holy Spirit a month ago. I'm not sure. A little over a month ago. So I'm telling you, my friend, this still works. This is not an old story from years gone by. And I just feel like I'm preaching to some people here this morning that don't have the knowledge or didn't, and you're scared. And I feel like there are more Lindsay's in front of me, but your name is different. And God is whispering in your ear through her testimony that, yes, this is for you. This is for you too. You don't have to have the Bible memorized. You don't have to have life figured out. The Holy Ghost will help us figure it out, but I'm not sure it figures it out by itself. But it's the Spirit of God. And when you received the Holy Spirit, you spake with new tongues? Yes. And did you know what you said? 
And did you fake it? No. No. You see, because my ears still work when I speak, and when you speak with the new tongues, you could hear yourself. Yes. But for people to receive the Holy Spirit, I have to speak my language because God takes over my tongue. It's called the supernatural. So as I'm praying, Lord, I want the Holy Spirit. I, I want to be like Lindsay. I want to be refreshed. I want, I want, I want. I'm continually asking and praising God. And then when the Holy Spirit comes up on you as you're talking, your language changes from what I know to what did I just say? And when that happens to you, I say, keep trying to speak your native language. And the, often, the more you try, the more God speaks. But if you stop speaking, God can't make you open your lips and your tongue won't move. You have to keep your English, your Spanish going. And then God begins to take control. And then you, I remember I was eight years old. I'm 62. What is that? 54 years ago, maybe. I remember trying to speak English. And I ah, I can't do it. And I spoke in tongues. And there was an eight-year-old girl that was in my Sunday school class. We were the only two that came up. And I quit speaking in tongues, and my eyes were closed. And I, you got to remember, I'm eight years old, okay? So you cut me a little slack before I tell you the story. This was back in the day when this was acceptable. I thought, that little girl better not beat me, get the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I better not be the only one standing up here. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of coming off the anesthesia on the Holy Ghost. I haven't opened my eyes yet. I'm thinking normal. I'm thinking, she better not beat me. And I remember, I looked to my left, and she wasn't there. And I turned around, and she was sitting in her seat. So maybe it took me a little longer. Boys are probably meaner at eight than the girls, right? But it was a supernatural thing. As she happened to be older, but what is identical to you and as you and I is we spoke with the new tongues and we didn't know what we said. Age difference, background, upbringing, all different. But you see, we stand here united on a Pentecost Sunday because the Spirit of God. Hey, 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 hey. Can you take hold that? No, no, no. Hey, you don't get all of that. I get some. The mantle of God has birthed us into the family of God. Background, age, knowledge, irrelevant. A willing heart of faith. Saying, God, I want this. So here's my appeal. Thank you. I want you to stand this morning with me. I'm going to ask the pastoral staff to come. We've met this morning. They're going to be a personal minister to you. You have to repent. If you have not done that, they will help you. They will instruct you. And then they're going to anoint you with oil, and they're going to pray for you. And by faith, the Spirit of God, as it did with Lindsay six weeks ago or so, is going to come upon you, and you're going to begin to speak with new tongues. Again, when you hear your voice speaking something you don't know, try to continue to speak your native tongue. And let God flow through you. And when you stop, then God has stopped. Okay, it's not spooky. We're Pentecostal. I'm going to pray for us. And let me ask you, is there anybody here that you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You want the anointing? Is there anybody here that would have the courage to step out and say, Pastor, I'll take that from you. That you would step past your fears and past the peer pressure and past fears. You know, hey, if Lindsay can do it, I can do it. If Lindsay was hungry, I'm hungry. I'm going to pray for us, but before I pray, is there anybody that would have the courage to push back all the fears and the anxiety? Say, God, come on, Aaron. Just stand in front of one of the men. Look at this. One second. Anybody else? This takes courage. I honor him. When you get in front of people, it's scary. But I'm just telling you, God is calling. 
a, a crowd our size, I'm not convinced everybody has been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm not, I, I don't think that would be so in the proportion. Anybody else? I'm going to appeal one more time for you. You have the faith and the courage to make a walk and say, Pastor, yeah, I, I really need that because I need God to help me. My marriage and my life, and it's not what I thought, but I'm thinking that will help me. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to help you. We're going to train you. We're going to lead you. Please come, sister, please. And she's saying, Brother Foster's going to talk to her and help her. But I'm laying this mantle on you by faith, okay? Maybe you visited, maybe you haven't. There's, I don't know her. She don't know. She's just saying, if this is real, I want it. I only know that by her actions. Now, I know Aaron goes here, but I, I, I commend you, okay? I, I salute you. But I'm serious about the Holy Ghost, about the mantle. It's for everybody. The, the, the part about receiving the Spirit of God, this is the hardest part coming up. I'm going to pray, but one more time. Is there anybody else? Come get this from me, please. Anybody else? Okay, come, 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 come. Come on. We're gunning for you. Elizabeth? Hey, I just met Elizabeth in Next Steps yesterday. Good to see you. And I want you to be filled. And you want to be filled because you came. This is the hardest part, Elizabeth. Coming up here and people looking at me. We're not questioning your faith. We're not questioning your knowledge. We're just saying, if I haven't received the Holy Spirit, that's all we're talking about. I want it. Brother Renee, Brother, why don't you help Elizabeth for a minute? Okay. Let's pray. If I, if I'm, when I pray, if you have never received it, get right here so I know. If you need a refilling or God to refill you, it's been a long time since you spoke of the new tongues. You need to be up here too. This service is for everybody. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that the anointing and the mantle will flow, Lord, upon your disciples and your people today as we make a way and we prepare a way and a path. I command the Spirit of God to be poured out upon this house as it was in Azusa Street a few miles down the road, the day of Pentecost. I speak with new tongues, God. I bring power to people's lives. We refill souls and hearts, and you make all things new, things that became old, things that became dark. You brought light and freshness according to the faith of the people of God. I anoint and I receive and I release in the Spirit Spirit today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there another? Brother Lennon, come. Anybody, is there another? I want the mantle. Come get the mantle from me. I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you the mantle. We're going to pray. God's going to do the supernatural. In the name of Jesus, in nombre de Jesus, todo es posible. Hoy, ahora, en Espíritu Santo, es so. Ah. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.